It needs all the things. Give it all the things. Oh, perfect. You nailed it. You can't bend physics, but you can do is write better software. And you're doing MPLS changes or BDP changes. May, may God be with you, right? I, I always feel like I'm just a little fish in a sea of big fish. I've got a nested six-node Nissan. Oh, guys. People, you know, quite often think that they don't have anything to bring to the table when they absolutely do. Everybody should. Anybody in IT that skips the phone stuff, it just hasn't earned it. Okay, I lied. I have one more question. On demand. Correct. Welcome to GigaCast episode 32 for Sunday, October 27th. Live to tape from Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Britton Johnson. And broadcasting from the VMware Fox Crossing office, I'm Tony Reeves. Okay, this is our second take. Tony, how are you? <laughs> doing good. How are you doing, bro? <laughs> I'm haven't tired. Seen you in a while. It's been another long, crazy day. Yeah, we haven't talked in, I don't even know, I think it was before VMworld. Yeah, it's been a while. We've um, both been on the road, buddy. How yeah, you doing? You, you, I'm, you, yeah, I, I'm just kind of beginning my road travels. You, you've been going through all of them, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in Boston for for some low internal team training this week, and then cool. um, I've got two solid full weeks that I'm going to be going after this. So, cool. Anything you can share for the training you're doing this week? Um, it's just a thing that. They, they offered to put on special for me and one other new NSX SE in our team. Um, so it's just kind of, you know, a couple of peers on our team getting together, and we're just going to go through all our stuff and talk about, talk, talk about various stuff, various things in the NSBU, um, how we do things internally, whatnot. I, I really don't know the, a whole lot of ins and outs on it because it's not really super formal. It's just kind of you know, kind of catching you up. Yeah, okay. just sort of a quick catch up, you know, this is how things work kind of training. So Awesome. And you were just at the Chicago Emug too, right? Yes. So that was that was good. I was I was I was there for some uh, customer lunch round table thing that we did for healthcare customers. And then awesome. just kind of got to hang out and Schmooze with the community crowd for a little while and the rest of the day. It was, it's always good. The Chicago VMUG is always a good time. There's a lot of you know interesting good people to show up. I talked to your 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 uh, your buddy Phil for a little while. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Phil and I were together just a day earlier for some customer meetings, and yeah. then he was heading over to do a, a speaking slot at Chicago VMUG. I had some other customer meetings. Otherwise, I would have loved to have been there. But, yeah, and uh, apparently. Apparently, Phil has been filling in for all of these speaking slots that my brother Heath was supposed to be doing everywhere. Oh, Flacker. Yeah, I was just going to say something. And, there, and there's our guest, our, our last minute special guest today, Kevin. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you, Brenton? Good. Thanks for uh, jumping out of your kitchen tile job. Yeah, fresh from the diamond saw, we have Mr. Kevin T. Bear. <laughs> How you doing? No injuries so far today, so that's good. You so do you have fingers? all your fingers? I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, this this one's going much better than uh, some other work that I've I've had to do. I think we were talking earlier about laying vinyl plank flooring, and that's when I put a a, a razor blade through the backside of my hand. But, oh, that's uh, fun. <clears throat> 
yeah. save you the details. I was uh, a few, like a year or two ago, I was trying to build some shelves in the basement and nearly cut off my index finger. <laughs> that is, I, for some reason, it's always my left index finger mm. area that seems to get the brunt of the damage. Um, I put a I put a knife through the side of my index finger uh, when I did my deck a couple years ago. Dang! Wow. And, uh, now when I did flooring again, backside of the hand, I figure next time will just be the whole wrist. So, so you want to wear gloves? So you want to come help me put up some uh, vinyl plank flooring in here and get rid of the green shag carpeting here in the office? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want another injury. <laughs> no. No, absolutely not. Well, hey, Tony, you can come down and help me put vinyl plank in my wife's office, and then you'll know how to do it. Yeah. Maybe I'll just learn on YouTube. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Fun. Nice. So, all right. Um, What, uh, so, okay, we, we have, like, no real no structured plan structure right? yeah. plan or topic today at some point we'll get a little bit of teasing information from kevin on the latest cloud foundation release um so in your how, how many weeks or months have you been in vm world now tony or vmware jeez vm world <laughs> i have uh, officially been on board over six months now just a, little, just a hair over six months yeah wow. it's going by quick I think I'm hit. I think I'm, I'm officially three now. I must be like exactly three months behind you. Nice. Yeah, it, it goes by quick. That's for sure. Uh, I I finally feel like uh, <laughs> I can hold my head above water a little bit and still and tread some water yeah. instead of just getting drowned all the time. <laughs> so I mean, uh, things are getting better, getting more comfortable in the role, um, getting more comfortable in front of customers. Uh, and that's really the most fun part of the job for me anyway, right. seeing how customers are using our products, what they're doing, how we can help them. I, that's, that's really the, the meat of the job for me. It's, and, and there's a lot of travel, uh, a lot of regional travel now that a lot of my, uh, kind of like the, the big trainings, the big corporate trainings, uh, is, are kind of out of the way. Um, but they're still, uh, like you're talking about your, your onboarding, your NSX onboarding training that you're doing this week in Boston. There's a lot of those little uh, pockets of training there here and there as well, but it's going good. Staying busy. What, um, so yeah, so I'm here for this, this week. And then, um, next week I'm in uh, the Colorado office for a full week of training they're doing this uh they call it the sddc se used to be known as the se new hire training Mm -hmm. um but it's um done by a couple of guys there and they it's specific like sddc track focus for se's um i guess they only offer it you know, maybe once or twice a year. I didn't. I don't know if you did. You have you have you been to the Broomfield office or anything, yet, Tony, or not? I have not. No, I've been to Palo Alto a couple of times. You probably uh, could have got on this Austin but. office, um, Austin office, and then Dallas for a for official training stuff. Okay. 
yeah, because I have to do that one, and then I fly home for basically 36 hours, and then I leave and go back to Palo Alto <laughs> for a week. Yikes. And then I'm going to come home and take three days off. <laughs> yeah, I, I would too. This is basically, this will, this will be the most travel in the most shortest amount of time I've ever done. That's ridiculous. Were any of those for start training Britain or yeah, the last week? The last week, the middle of middle of November is my start training week in Palo Alto. Ah, uh, okay. Because if you have to do that one, start training's oh. fun, and then you get the the full campus tour and the the campus uh, scavenger hunt, and there's a lot of good stuff out of that. I think you'll enjoy that training. You know, training for me is always kind of hit or miss. Um, yeah. Because it's I'm, it depends I'm not, on who's delivering the content, right? Well, yeah, there's that, but like I'm I'm such a gearhead that like unless I'm like doing stuff, it's really hard for me to gain knowledge and concepts about stuff that people are talking about or just you know working through or reading or any of that kind of yeah, stuff. I agree. I agree. Hands-on learner as well. Right. Hands-on learner. Right. Yep. I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm I'm well I'm I'm a two the, in, in my old age I'm I'm almost thirty nine. Um, I, I have figured out this far in life that I am an audible learner and, and a hands-on learner. Those are like my two primary ways of gaining and retaining knowledge. So, which is a primary reason and driver that I want to do a podcast because it's much easier for me to spit out stuff and then I can listen to myself talk about it later (laughs) and I can retain it easier. So how long have you been with VMware now, Kevin? I knew you were going to ask that question. I was yep. calculating. Yeah, you were. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to go to the whiteboard behind me here and uh, do some math. There you go. Um, there you go. Well, let's see here. I think it's just almost five and a half years. Um, wow. As of, I think I, I started in May or June of 2014. I forget the exact date, but uh, May or June 2014, and yeah, I guess five and a half years coming up just the next month or so. So did you get your uh, your Vasa cubes at four years, or had they already switched over to the artwork by then? Well, see, uh, if you do some Googling, <laughs> uh, they had just switched over to artwork. So uh, behind my, what you can't see right now is my lovely artwork, but then... Uh, I did find a uh, a set of cubes uh, from the Getty store because I was like, oh, I really want the cubes as well. <laughs> um, so I ended up buying my own set of uh, four-year cubes. But uh, you know, nice. I I definitely like the artwork as well. I get to see that every day, but I get to you know appreciate the cubes uh, as well. So I, never, I guess I, I have to wait for eight years now. Okay, so is it eight years you still get cubes? Eight years. I believe you still get cubes at eight yeah. years. Okay. Not sure what size they are. It used to be. Uh, I think you got three cubes at four years that were smaller cubes, and then they went up to a larger size cube at uh, eight years. However, some people got like one large cube that was like six inches by six inches, um, but it was uh, thinner, right? So it was only like an inch, inch or maybe two thick. 
and uh, it had like four cubes on the inside of it, like a, a layering method. Um, and if you are familiar with the Vasa cubes, you, you know, like the, all the different colors that show up. Well, it had like four cubes going at a diagonal on those. I know some people that got those at eight years and other people that just got larger cubes at eight years. So I think uh, we put that guy through uh, too much work with, you know, what are we, 30,000 employees now? Well, I think I saw a post on Twitter by William Lamb uh, the other day that they had gone for a while to the larger Vasa cubes and now they're back to the smaller, multiple smaller cubes. So it sounds like they kind of switched back and forth a little bit there. Yeah. Depends upon how many anniversaries all at one time, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I just noticed something. I'm wearing my, my, my rubric hoodie, courtesy of Mike Nelson, and I've also got a cohesity water bottle, so we're equal opportunity secondary storage nice. vendors tonight. <laughs> I'm just wearing my VMware code shirt and a non-branded glass of water. I don't have a branded shirt, but I have a, a Cloud Foundation sticker. Yeah, I need to get one of those. Yeah. So when are you sending those to me again? You know my address already. Oh, true. True. Uh, well, I leave for Barcelona on Friday. Oh, um, wow. So, yeah, we'll be there for a week. However, I, I don't know if you've seen the news on Barcelona lately. but they yeah, have is that been still having, happening? Uh, Quote-unquote peaceful protesting. However... Uh, Not from what I've seen. There has been cars on fire. So peaceful bonfires, I guess. Now, didn't this happen one time in the past? I thought I remember I'm having like deja vu that uh, Barcelona VMworld in the past had this and then it kind of settled down as the date approached. Yeah, it was, uh, I think it was two years ago, actually, that that happened. Okay. And um, uh, I remember it vividly because we were walking back to the hotel um, after, you know, working our shift in hands-on labs. Mm -hmm. uh, and the taxi brought us so far, and then we basically had to walk the rest. And when we're walking up uh, right near Plaza de España, there is a march of people coming down the boulevard. Like, if you've been to Barcelona, you know that there's basically two lanes going each direction and separated by a giant sidewalk. Uh, going all the way up to Los Ramblas. And um, we were met with a sea of people uh, that were peacefully marching towards Plaza de España from Los Ramblas. And uh, yes, yes, it was hurry up and get out of the way because you, you didn't want to be a accountability or a, uh, uh, a, uh, a victim. Innocent so bystander. <laughs> Innocent bystander, yeah, I'm going to get to the side street and watch this, if you don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, some people that I know uh, decided that they should go all out camouflage by the state flag of Catalonia, which is where Barcelona is, tied around their neck like Superman and just walk with them and blend in. So, yeah, I guess there's two approaches. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I heard something about this stuff, but I haven't kept up on it and what exactly it's all about. But I've seen some of the video, and there's like police beating people, and it's it's pretty crazy from some of the the video clips I've seen posted on Twitter. So, good luck to you, sir. Stay safe out there. 
And uh, as I told some of my coworkers, I said, well, if I, if I don't make it back, you can have my rack of servers in the basement and you can have this and you can have that. <laughs> nice. So I guess I have a, uh, I have a, you have a geek will. Yeah. I have a geek will for all the stuff that, um, all the stuff that I have in my basement right now. So that way, you know, it, it won't go unused. Who's getting your refrigerator and all your booze. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> you hadn't thought of that. <laughs> I don't think the bourbon. I think I'll just get buried with the bourbon. Nice. <laughs> oh, wow. But yes, if I have uh, stickers left uh, when I come back from Barcelona, I will. And ironically, he was killed by a Molotov cocktail. <laughs> so, so reads the obituary, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's buried with barrel staves. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, besides the uh, potential for rampant violence at VMworld Europe, is there anything else that that, uh, people should be looking forward to coming at at VMworld Europe? I mean, there's a lot of big announcements this last one. I can't imagine what else they would be piling on now. Yeah. Um, So we released uh, Cloud Foundation 3.9. this past week, uh, we were going to save the announcement, the public announcement uh, for Barcelona, even though it was going to be general availability. Uh, I think it went GA last week, Thursday. So that would have been the 24th. Fourth, yep. Yep. So uh, when it went GA, we were told, uh, you know, no public announcements about this because uh, we are in a, you know, 30,000 person company and we need to uh, save announcements for VMworld that uh, were in what was called a quiet period. Mm -hmm. However, uh, we were told we're allowed to talk about it uh, because there is many announcements to come at VMworld. Publicly talk about it? Uh, Yes. Publicly talk about Cloud Foundation 3.9 because there's so many other uh, announcements to happen at VMworld um, in Barcelona that uh, um, we were able to talk about it even during the quiet period. So, Do you, Kevin, are you doing any sessions over there this year? Yeah, I have two. Um, uh, Heath and I are doing um, a four-hour workshop, mm. okay. which... We basically just get to scratch the surface of Cloud Foundation and talk about, you know, all the things that we're able to do, uh, all the automation that we have uh, within uh, VCF, as well as, you know, some potential use cases, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Horizon, migration, um, or I think we're going to dabble in PKS and the session uh, in, in Barcelona, uh, as well as, you know, one of the new features, uh, multi-instance management. Uh, lots of lots of content to be delivered with VCF. A four-hour session, unfortunately, is not enough time. Yeah. Uh, well, and for for the those of our listeners that uh, don't know, Heath Johnson is a tech marketing uh, guy over at VMware. He's also a friend of Kevin and I's, and uh, the older brother of Ritten Johnson. Uh, and he's a tech marketing guy for VCF. 
It's like the four-man Wisconsin wolf pack here. Uh, I know. Much, yeah. We just need to get Ben on here someday. <laughs> There's a lot of Wisconsin employees. There is. I, uh, I guess. Uh, I guess we'll be able to figure out exactly how many Wisconsin employees at the uh, annual holiday party, if that happens this year. Uh, but uh, I think we're over 30 employees in Wisconsin. Wow. So it's, it's getting to be a big event then. Yeah. Well, I know, I know a lot of people are joking that uh, Wisconsin VMUG is just turning into recruiting for VMware. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I heard that they are still having a hard time replacing you, Tony. So, <laughs> on well, uh, for VMUG leader, yeah. Because uh, Donnie, Donnie took my slot. Well, then it's whatever. They, they think they still have an open slot because you know people keep leaving and going to VMware. Well, I know you know Aaron left first, and then I left, and there were there was a. Uh, a lot of jokes about, upon uh, commitment time put on Donnie when he took the reins when I left. So <laughs> you don't want it to happen three times in a row. I think he would complain too much about months. that. But... <laughs> yeah. No, I think they made him commit to like a couple of years. Jokingly, of course. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Where else have we all been lately? Oh, I am... Um... I did do a, a speaking session and visit up at the uh, North Central Wisconsin VMUG. Oh, yeah, that was, what, September 19th? Yeah, that was uh, Matt Heldstab's big event up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chad. And Chad. Um, and Mackenzie, who I had not met yet before up there. Um, yeah, Plankers was there. I think Sean Massey was there. Yep. Like it was a, The usual event. crowd was there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I uh, I got there the first thing in the morning, and I was supposed to, I was doing my one session, which was originally booked as a community session. Then I got hired, mm-hmm. and it, then it became a company session. Um, and that one actually went pretty well. I had maybe like twenty people in the room, um, you know, and I just kind of went through some customer use cases of stuff for for, for NSX deployments that I've been involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I get there in the morning, and Chad's just like, um, our other uh, speaker, uh, J- Jimmy Ray Purser, from who's, who's he's from uh, Racine, Wisconsin. And if anybody knows Jimmy Ray Purser, I mean, just look this guy up on YouTube. He is hilarious. I mean, the, the, he's this, he's kind of this down home country bumpkin network security guy. Um, he used to do videos for Cisco Live. Um, and, and Cisco training. He's a longtime Cisco guy who's been converted and hired by VMware. Um, but he's he's a super cool guy. I really wanted to meet him, but at the last minute, because um, of some family stuff, he was not able to make it. And so Chad's just like, can you take over his session? <laughs> so I'm like, sure. What the, what the hey? I'll do two sessions. And, uh, nice. So I download the deck I think he was going to be giving, kind of an NSX 2.2.5 update post-VMworld deck, and looked at it for like five minutes. <laughs> like, well, let's give it the old college try, even though I didn't go to college. Um, 
and uh, I think probably because he wasn't there, some well, most of the people that ba- you know bailed on that session went to other sessions. Um, so I had like three or four people in that one, and so really just kind of turned into the four of us just kind of having some general NSX conversations, and really less about what's going on in the in the, sli- in the slide deck. But well, that was affectionately referred to as the fireside chat with Britton Johnson. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes those are the best conversations, though, when you put away the slideware. Yeah, but I uh, I had a I had a, a a moment of either genius or stupidity. One of the two, I'm not sure yet. Um, <laughs> so before my before before my first session, I uh, you know anybody who lives in Wisconsin or anywhere near a Culver's, and you have kids. You collect after a while a pile of those free one scoop tokens from the kids' meals at Culver's. Oh yeah, the Scoopy tokens. Yeah, and I had like probably forty of them sitting in my car, and so I, I pulled that thing out, this wad of Scoop tokens out, and anybody who asked me a question during my session, while I was you know going through stuff, it was you know anybody that asked a question, they got us a free scoop from Culver's. So. It, That's it, a good idea. It encouraged them to be interactive with me, and I got rid of all the coupons, <laughs> so that I'm not eating all that custard. Well, Matt Heldstub does beer, but, you know, ice cream is right. a close second. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not a beer guy, so I wouldn't know what to give away for that. But. Yeah, I'm not either, but people love Spotted Cow. Yeah, so I don't know if I'll be able to keep that up as I do more of these, but, you know... That's uh, something something that I will, I will I will try to come up with more creative things to give away. But Bretton Johnson I've, keeping keeping IT guys overweight since 2019. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I I think I probably have uh, a whole bunch of old. Well, I don't know if it's old logo, but a whole bunch of VMware swag. I should just bundle it up with a bow and put it on your doorstep written <laughs> sure yeah we actually cleaned off our front porch the other day so it's nice and clean now <laughs> perfect yeah i'm still waiting on one of these episodes for for kevin you to just like knock on his door and barge in and during an episode you guys live so close <laughs> to each other i think that'd be hilarious <laughs> yeah, that, that's a classic hold on a second let me just I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, don't do it right now because you know. Well, you're in Boston. Yeah, the the golden retriever will attack you with kisses. <laughs> um, this is completely off topic, but I saw a, a Twitter post uh, the other day from you, Britain, or maybe it was LinkedIn. One of the first Wags dogs that you trained passed away. Yeah, the, the first one. Yeah. So, okay. So a bit of history on me. Um, uh, before my wife and I had kids, um, I was not a dog person at all. And then very slowly I got converted into being a dog person. And we, uh, a local service dog organization in Wisconsin, specifically in Madison, called the Wisconsin Academy for Graduate Service Dogs, did a presentation at one of my, my employer at the time. And so I looked into it, and my wife was super excited about it. And we, so we signed up to be volunteer dog trainers. For and they they specifically do service dogs for people with physical disabilities, so they're wheelchair bound or something to that effect. Um, and so we 
signed up, they gave us a dog, and, like, I knew nothing about how to do anything with dogs, and we got our golden, they, you know, like a six-month-old golden retriever, somebody else did all the puppy stuff, and we got him, we got her, you know, right about six months, and so I started taking this dog to work with me every day, and just started taking it everywhere we went, basically. Um, yeah, and that. You know, and, and it, it was it was really interesting because like I have always been a very to myself kind of person. I don't like attention, especially in public. No, you know, I don't want you know. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm shy. You know, I'm gonna say. Um, but the weird thing is, like you go out, when you go out in public with a dog, especially back then when we we're training service dogs, um, real quickly you realize. People aren't paying attention to you. They're looking at the dog. (laughs) (laughs) All eyes on the dog. Yeah. And, and yeah, so we had her for not quite a year. Um, And she, you know, the way they, the way they would do it is you would have whatever dog you were working with at the time, you'd have it for between six to nine months and then they'd change. So it's a little bit of, um, you getting to work on different skills with different dogs and it also gets the dog used to being in different houses so that by the time they make that transition to their final working home it's not that big of a deal for them so yeah so the first dog that we worked with was a golden retriever named henna and super super sweet dog um she came with a jumping problem that i had to cure um but you know working on that for about two months and she was Perfect. Um, but she went to a lady who had um, multiple sclerosis, severe multiple sclerosis, um, and, and that's also what introduced me to doing the MS bike ride with you, Tony. Yeah, that's when we started doing that. I remember. Um, and so, you know, this this woman, she she was, you know, she was married. She was living a normal life, and she was in her like early twenties, I think. And literally, she just woke up one day in bed and couldn't move. And she, you know, she lost the ability to speak. She couldn't walk. Um, she had to kind of relearn all of this stuff because of the severe MS attack. Um, and so she, you know, had a service dog for for a number of years, and then he had to retire. So Hannah was actually her second dog. And so and Hannah worked with her for, I want to say, six or seven years, and then she just retired like last year. Um, and so she was you know, living the good life of a retired service dog, and she just, yeah, passed away on her own last week, and, you know, lived lived a good, healthy life, and, I mean, I, it's, it's bittersweet for me, because, I mean, you know, she kind of lived and did her own thing, and then we, we (laughs) subsequently, we actually got some even more news after that one came, like the week after the director of the of WAGs emailed me and he's just like, Britton, I know you just got I know you just heard about this about Hannah, but um the dog that we had after her, his name was Ian, um, he actually passed earlier in the summer from cancer for you know, after battling that for like a few years and he would the, the director um from WAGs actually took Ian after us because he was he was a big giant golden retriever, but he was super excitable, and so he just he didn't work as a a working dog for a person with disabilities. But what his actual job ended up being, which was for him his perfect job, he, he was the Wags demo dog 
going around and with the executive director from WAGS and doing um, demonstrations at schools and you know for middle schools and this kind of stuff. And I mean, they uh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, he, this dog Ian. I mean, he, he, they probably did hundreds of demos, introduced service animals to thousands of people, um, and and you know, I mean, realistically, you know. No, no, not a lot of sadness there either. Because I mean, he he lived his best perfect life. That that, that dog needed a job, um, and if if I you know so so yeah. So I mean, it's it just it makes me feel old that all these dogs that I worked with. I mean, we we worked with seven dogs in five years, um, and we had about yeah, fifty percent, um, about fifty percent of them got placed. Um, and then one, one of them that didn't make it, Jordan, is our current dog, and she's almost 12 years old now. So we're just as soon as we heard, we heard about these two, we we looked at Jordan, and we're like, "Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> bad things come in threes. But um, but she's in great health, so she should be okay for a while yet. But yeah, it's 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 weird because like I mean yeah like you, you know these things that you you work on you know a number of years ago all of a sudden. It's it starts to just starts to come full circle again, and you know, your past kind of catches up with you, and you, you realize the impact that these that these things have made, and and it's 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 good and bad at the same time. Um, I uh, the 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 thing like in the last few years though that has really driven me personally crazy, and I haven't said a lot about it like publicly on Twitter, but I would really like to go on some tirades now and then is all of these people with their crazy emotional support animals on airlines and everywhere else and people showing up with you know squirrels and peacocks and all this other bs um you know and and just plain pet dogs that are showing up in places where they don't belong um drives me crazy because I can, I consider myself after having you know five years experience training professional service animals, um, you know people who want to take their dogs because it just makes them feel better. No, this is not a good idea. It's it's actually making life harder for people with disabilities who have actual service animals because you have to bring your dog everywhere, mm-hmm. um, and and that drives me nuts. So, you know if if that offends someone, I'm sorry, but. You know, it, it's if you're if we're, if we're talking about somebody who has emotional issues, that's one thing. But when we're talking about people who are wheelchair confined, where the dog literally like, there's another dog we work with. His name is Leo. He's a well, oh, he was a lab. He he. We had him for a little while. He legitimately saved his working partner's life at least once that I know of. Awesome. Um, you know, he his his wheelchair got stuck. Um, on a street somewhere in White in Whitewater, Wisconsin, and he, you know, was like late at night. There's nobody around for who knows how long, and you know, Leo basically he let Leo go, and he went and found somebody and brought help back to him. I mean, amazing. <laughs> yeah, and like you know, you, you, it's like I hear this later on, and I'm just like, like yes, there's another case of this dog is doing exactly what he's put on this planet to do, and. You know, and I'm I'm grateful that I had any amount of opportunity to be involved in that. So, yeah. and at some point, you know, once the once our kids get older, we'd like to get back into it. But, um, you know, it remains to be seen at this point. And I'm, I'm even thinking about it too. This, you know, after all this news and stuff coming up, 
um, I was just like, man, like this would even be an even better opportunity for me to like, yeah, be able to take, you know, now working for VMware, take these dogs on airplanes and fly them around the country <laughs> as I do as I do trips and stuff, because you know that's part of a, a service dog's training that that we don't get to that we did not get to do is airline travel. Um, so, all right, that is that is Question my soapbox for, you, for the day. Yeah. You said that uh, you know you are a non-social person, and uh, you were tr- helping train these dogs for wags, and they were getting all the attention in public. How uh, did that help you prepare uh, specifically for your job as an SE? Now, being, I don't want to say that uh, as an SE or former SE, right? we were kind of the center of attention in the room right. when delivering content to a customer in a one to one to one setting, but there may have been many people from that customer and, or, you know, uh, the mug events, et cetera, where you're doing a one to many type presentation. And now, uh, there's not a service dog. That's the center of attention. <laughs> it's there's difficult for sure. Yeah, it's a service Britain for sure. Nice um, tie-in. The uh, the the probably the biggest thing that that I learned in doing service dog training that has helped us with all phases of life, including raising kids. Um, you know, it's it's kind of funny now because you know my wife and I joke all the time about how raising kids is not at all different from raising service dogs. <laughs> it's, it's literally the same. Um, and, you know, and, you know, f- funnily, like, we we go on vacations and trips with the kids now, and, and people will compliment us on how well-behaved our kids are, which I don't know if that's a reflection on us or what, or, if, or just everybody else's kids are that terrible. But, um, but like... The thing that that stuck to both of my my wife and I in going through the service dog stuff is um, he, teaching some something or someone else, but we were really literally teaching a dog how to learn something. Um, you know, and that's that's half or all of what you're trying to do as an SE is you're teaching somebody how to learn something new. Um, and so imagine, you know, trying to teach. A dog how to turn on a light switch um, you have to break it down in such minute, minute small steps um, because you know you can say to the dog all you want go turn on the light switch and the dog's just gonna either look at you or walk away you know if they've never been taught a step one of how to get there you have to take it down to this thing of you know, associating the light switch with something else first, or even just getting them to look at the light switch. You know, step step one is just pay attention to what you're pay attention to the item that you're trying to get to get them to do something on, and they will you know, and you work backwards from that, and you were, and then you start working back towards it. Um, and it's it's cutting a cutting a task down into s- such minute small details that seem kind of stupid. But when you're teaching, you know, a dog how to learn how to turn on a light switch, that's what it takes. It takes, you know, the ability to kind of break down something extremely complex to the dog and make it simple. Um, 
and that's that's sort of what I've tried to take in between now being an SE is taking these extraordinarily complex examples of you know how to do virtualized networking or how to do you know uh, security policies and firewalls and all this kind of stuff um, taking it out of that ridiculously complex area and breaking it down into bite-sized you know understandable baby steps kind of um, so that people can get there so that that that's the main thing and that that's was a really long way to get there <laughs> that's interesting we are currently babysitting a cat and uh, it is truly like babysitting because um, we are finding that it is like having an infant again the cat <laughs> always seems to find its way between us and whatever we're doing right uh, either you know myself or my wife will be sitting on the couch uh, at the end of the day either you know doing something on our iPad or checking email or something like that right and all of a sudden here comes a cat plop right between yeah. your eyes and the iPad and you're like you're hungry for attention <laughs> and yeah. we're like we haven't we haven't had a baby in the house in you know seven what, what is my daughter seven years seven almost eight years old and we're like they're so foreign to us we're like this is so much work <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, I hope that answers the question, Kevin. But yeah, I, I think it does, and you know, I I think it. Uh, I was I had a feeling it was going to be a, a a response, something like that, and uh, yeah, I think you know, coming. I I, I want to. I, I still need to. Uh, one of these days, I want to actually build a presentation built around this idea of. Yeah, how do you teach a dog to turn on a light switch or open a refrigerator or close a door or, you know, and because and, I feel like, especially in a VMUG setting, um, communicating, you know, using that idea to, to then communicate a technical lesson after that would go over really well. Um, you know, because it's, it's just... Uh, it's something Everyone that's stuck knows with how me. to turn on a light switch, right? Right. Or you ask Alexa or Google to do it for you. Right. But you had to teach Alexa or Google how to how to turn it on and off, right? Yeah. Uh, so no, I think it would be I think it would be very valuable, like, uh, it, it, especially know, just, if you translate that into virtualized networks as right. an example. Yeah. But like and another Alexa another, has to learn new skills. And, and there's even auto, there's even an automation conversation in there because this this dog Leo, the crazy you know white Labrador or yellow lab, his a guy that he's working for told us a story once where he uh, he sleeps with the TV remote like on his bed because he can you know barely reach it, um, and, and he has like really limited mo movement with of his arms, and so like occasionally he'll like while he's sleeping knock it off the bed. And so he's like, and he's like, I know several times that, I, you know, in the middle of the night, I will have knocked it off because I'll hear it hit the floor and all the noise wakes me up. And he's like, then I'll go back to sleep and I'll wake up an hour later and the remote is back on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so the dog gets the remote, puts it back up there for him, goes back to sleep. 
I'm like, yes, there's automation. Yes. <laughs> I think kind of going back to how you relate back to the job, uh, being a new SE, et cetera. I think one thing that's really helped me uh, is my experience as a customer. You know, not everybody comes into VMware from that perspective. Some people come in from a, uh, coming from the sales side or a, whatever life circumstances brought them to VMware, they may not have the actual customer uh, experience of installation, deployment, day two ops kind of thing. And that's really helped me have a lot of conversations where uh, I get a little bit more credibility with the customer where they're, you know, they see a lot of the things that we talk and they're like, yeah, it's just marketing. Oh, no, it's actually not. I've done it. I've deployed it. I've lived it and it works. And here's how it works. And here's how, uh, you know, Deployment's going to go, and here's how day two operations is going to go, and here's how upgrades work, and it's really helped me have you know more legitimate conversations with my customers because I've got that that background, and that's really helped me out a lot. It's it's one of those things that a lot of people I talked to uh, as I was coming on board said would be you know one of my greatest assets, and, and they were definitely not wrong. It's really helped me have some good conversations with customers and helped me out a lot as I've you know transitioned and come on board. So, yeah, I completely agree. Um, uh, having done it once or multiple times and lived the life of, um, you know, me personally, uh, you know, I've spent almost, uh, 18 months, basically hands-on keyboard, uh, either assisting customers deploying cloud foundation or, uh, assisting them through, you know, adoption or whatnot. Right. Mm -hmm. And now. I look at everything through the eyes of the customer. Uh, when I'm building tech marketing decks, when I'm building demos, et cetera, uh, if it's not going to be beneficial for the customer, you know, why demo it, right? If it's back-end plumbing, do you care if it's PVC or if it's PEX? Don't care. Does the water turn on when I need the water to turn on? Does it turn off when it, I, I ask it to turn off? Uh, those are the important features that they care about. Um, you know, we went from switching from uh, Cassandra to, to Postgres. Does the customer care? Should they care? No, right? Um, but it's an important thing for us to maintain a more uh, simplistic uh, uh, foundation um, or platform to build the product on, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it definitely makes it easier to troubleshoot at the end of the day, um, you know, having been literally globally uh, doing all of this stuff. Um, now moving into, thankfully, I will not hit any more than gold status on Delta this year, uh, which <laughs> is awesome. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it definitely gives you a different perspective going in the trenches with the customer mm -hmm. um, and being able to have a conversation with the customer and be like, no, no, this is this is the way that it is done. Uh, I understand your environment. I understand the product. Here's the best way to do it uh, and give them a, a holistic solution at the end of the day. So, Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, It's, it, it, it's different too because like, you know, majority of the guys in, in that I know in the NSBU and the networking security business unit, um, a lot of them are either former network people or former Cisco people or, you know, they're from that world. And, you know, I'm sort of a weird outlier. Um, 
where I'm coming into this, you know, virtual network thing without that kind of baggage, as it were, of how networks have always been done. Um, and so, you know, like, so I'll be entering into conversations with customers talking about, you know, everybody wants to do, and everybody in the networking space wants to do Cisco ACI because Cisco is really good at selling ACI. Um, and they're, it's everywhere and, and, and people want to run it. Um, and so everybody kind of, you know, when they start talking to me about it, they instantly think, oh, you're, you're a VMware person. So you must, you must hate ACI. You must hate Cisco. And, and my general response always is, I really don't care. I mean, I don't, first of all, I don't really know that much about Cisco or ACI. So I really can't say anything good or bad about it. And so with this, so, so really realistically, what I can do is tell you what we do really well and why I think it's a better fit. And so, you know, it, it kind of, you know, it, it's sort of, at this point at least, is kind of taking the, uh, the, the hostileness out of some of the conversations that I'm having, where it's not so much, you know, us versus them. It's more of a, okay, that's one way to do it. Here's another way. Um, and, you know, that I think, is, so far, customers are finding a little bit different and refreshing because, you know... It, it, it seems like in technology where we always get caught up into these, um, everybody likes their stuff, um, or almost religious debates about technology, and, and people get so caught up in their camp that they can't break out of that box, like you're either all Apple or you're all Microsoft, you know, you're all iOS or you're all Android, um, you know, there's no middle ground anymore, and and it's, you know... It's, it's sort of a sad state of affairs because realistically we're all just trying to solve problems and make business things work, you know, and every, everything will get it there one way or the other, but which one's the best one for your environment, your mileage may vary. So that's, that's one other th thing I feel like it's kind of a small tangent maybe, but, um, that's, that's another thing that I've been sort of seeing and learning as I'm going through this process of, talking to customers about different solutions and, um, you know, the ways to approach and, and enter conversations. Yeah. Things don't always have to be a competitive, uh, combative conversation. I mean, there's ways that we can work together. Cool. Um, I think we wanted to wrap this up here pretty quick. So any, any, yeah. Do you have a 3.9 teaser for us, Kevin? Uh, 3.9 teaser. Yeah. Um, let's just say that uh, fiber channel support uh, is uh, is now available in Cloud Foundation. Um, nice. Also, multi-instance management. Uh, we have streamlined some of the uh, lifecycle management in regards to cluster level patching. Um, additional support for more composable infrastructure choices, such as uh, Dell MX. Um, there is now a developer center, uh, to expose all the API centric things, uh, right in the UI. So you can go ahead and give, uh, APIs a try. Uh, there has been more APIs extended in this version. Uh, and of course, uh, I think PKS 1.5 and NSXT 2.5, uh, support coming in this version as well. So. Cool. Well, I think at some point 
in the near future, we should have another episode and have you and Heath back on and, and do more, maybe more of a deep dive on that release and kind of go through yeah. it a little bit more. Yeah. Multi-instance management for, uh, you know, customers that are looking to adopt uh, edit, uh, BCF as a global strategy is yeah. huge. That's pretty cool. Britton, have you seen that yet? No. Um, the other, there was one other thing I was going to ask before I forget. HP just released something that I thought was a new way for customers to, to consume VCF. Is that true? Uh, you're talking about GreenLake. Yeah. HP Synergy, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you know? Either of you know anything about this? Because I just kind of saw a headline and I didn't really get a lot of details in it. Yeah, Kevin, you probably take that one. Yeah, I think it was uh, just uh, Synergy, right? Uh, composable infrastructure mm-hmm. on Synergy. Is that what it was? Yep. Um, so basically we have two different ways that we can tie into uh to uh composable infrastructure uh we can tie in through the redfish proxy uh and be able to direct your uh server profiles from within bcf um so you can basically say hey how much uh how much storage do i want and what does the networking look like for this particular uh node right uh and you're basically composing through Redfish uh, APIs and proxy, right? Uh, the HP Synergy chassis. Um, now that's going to be extended all the way out to um, MX Dell MX platform uh, as a composable infrastructure capability as well. Okay, is that? It? Forgive me if this is a stupid question. It is is that akin kind of to like a you know Dell's VX Rail, or is this sort of just a advanced ready node this type of a deal? This is um, basically you're buying a, a chassis right with a whole bunch of blades in it, okay. and then you'll have a, a couple of blades uh, that are just you know CPU and memory on them, right? Uh, and then you'll have a blade that is just storage. Oh, okay. And then you basically carve up that storage blade and assign it to the um, additional blades that are in the chassis. Uh, if you remember, you know, back <laughs> a thousand years ago, right? Uh, the Dell Vertex, uh, the way that they did things in there where you had basically, I think it was three or four nodes, mm-hmm. um, but you could go down as small as one node and basically you had a, a storage array that was in there as well. Um, okay. It's like Equalogic or something in there. I, I don't remember the details. That was that was a minute ago. Yeah, the, the vertex. I remember the vertex. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's similar to vertex, but basically on steroids is what the uh, composable. The vertex thing today. was supposed to be more like an SMB solution. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, we had it, I think, in a few of our customers, but. Um, I want to say Bob Plankers has one for his home lab. He does have one for his home lab. (laughs) Oh, nice. Yes, he does. (laughs) I might need to go knocking on his door. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was telling his... His power bill is not too great, and he's uh, he's looking forward to winter coming because now it's going to heat his office instead of making it too warm. Well, (laughs) I I can lament with him on power bills right now. Um, mine's, uh, Mine's plus 250 to 300 a month. Uh, since I've had my rack in, in my house, so yeah, but you sh- you should have consolidated, saved quite a bit when you moved to the uh, the eleventh generation, right? Um, well, I I have. Did you go all twenties or? Oh, you upgraded again? Yeah, I have 
720, no, I have 720s and 8630s right now. Nice. Yeah. All right. Um, Like a physical VCF lab in your basement. (laughs) Yeah, I've got a nested one. (laughs) I got both. (laughs) Yeah. I right now I have sort of a funky Frankenstein lab running where I've got NSX V and T running in the same environment, so that's fun. Hey, it's like VCF. Yeah, um, but one of one of these days I need to work with you guys and get VCF and VSAN turned on. We still haven't yeah. done anything with that. Yeah, quick uh, plug on the VCF nested side is uh, tiny.cc/git uh, VLC can sign up for the nested uh, VMware Cloud Foundation lab constructor. Uh, and we have a whole um, uh, dedicated Slack instance uh, for support uh, if you're looking to spin it up in your home labs. So. Yes, I saw a few guys tweeting about that the other day. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's like another part-time job. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> but Slack that channel. one's just all for the community. <laughs> yep, that one is vlc-support.slack.com for that Slack channel. Yes, but you have to sign up through it, uh, sign up for it through the link, uh, because mm-hmm. then you get the uh, permalink uh, that we established uh, to be able to do invite to any domain. Um, otherwise, if you just go to uh, vlc-support.slack.com, uh, you won't be able to sign up for the, the Slack channel. Uh, if somebody, if somebody wants to that, find that, what's the easiest way to find that, to Kevin? Which one? The for uh, how they get signed up? Sure, it's tiny.cc slash get all lowercase capital V capital L capital C. Okay, uh, and that will bring you to our Google form. Uh, basically, you pop in just like two pieces of information: I think name, email address, and what you want to use it for. Uh, and then once you submit the form, you'll get the Dropbox link to download the uh, nested lab constructor. And you'll also get the link to uh, log in to the Slack channel. Uh, that's the easiest way uh, to get signed up for that. So, cool. Very cool. and Ben Sire and I went uh, went through that when I was at my Dallas boot camp, and we we got it running one night. At the, while everybody was drinking at the bar, we got it up and running in my home lab. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it it is definitely a time saver. I I generally have anywhere between four and eight nested labs running on my hardware. So, um, especially with multi-instance management as a feature that came out. So I was, I was busy testing. Nice. Is the 3.9 going to be a while yet? I assume to get into VLC. Uh, it is, uh, up and running and supported already. Oh, nice. Yep. Same day support. We were testing it uh, a few weeks ahead of time. So, can you pick different versions for it to deploy? Uh, so, you download your Cloud Builder appliance, whatever version Cloud Builder you'd like. So, if you want 3.9, right, go ahead and download the uh, Cloud Builder appliance for 3.9. Uh, and then you have to download the associated um, uh, ESXi build. Uh, so, the easiest way to find out what the associated uh, ESXi build is. Uh, there's a KB article. I'm just going to give you the number here in a half a second. I use this uh, KB article on a daily basis. Uh, it is 52520. 
It's just a VMware KB, and what it does is it correlates uh, all the versions of VCF uh, and what the shipping versions of each supporting product is in there. Uh, 3.9 isn't out there yet. Uh, however, uh, it is. Uh, it looks like it's due in to be published here in the next day or two, um, just as they pull the bomb and whatnot. Uh, this is not a, a real-time update. It is a, a post-release update uh, on this form. Uh, however, the bomb for ESXi is the same uh, as it was for 3.8.1. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to take advantage of the uh, the LCM automation and, and see for myself how that process works to upgrade mine. I'm still on 3.8. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just a quick uh, authentication with your MyVMware credentials and be able to uh, apply your updates. In a nested environment, uh, you will get vSAN errors, obviously, mm -hmm. um, because the controller isn't uh, on the supported list. Yep. Um, however, just uh, visit us over on the, uh, the Slack channel and and we can get you uh, fixed up with um, editing some configuration files so that way uh, uh, vSAN looks healthy uh, to, from an LCM perspective. Awesome. Cool. Let's land this plane. Yeah. Okay, John. Um, <laughs> so uh, one last little update thing. I finally got to meet at the Chicago VMUG uh, Mr. Kyle Ruddy. And yes. chatted with him briefly about coming on the show, and he's 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 all for it. So um, I'm going to work on okay. getting him on the schedule. And you know, as has been requested by a few people now, we were going to try to record these during the day. Um, so as I can find calendar slots for people, I'm just going to start spamming calendar appointments out uh, probably on Fridays because it, it seems like you know Fridays are a little bit slower for most people. So. We'll we'll, uh, we'll try to get those out again. It, who knows when and when we'll actually do this in the next month or two? Because I'm going to be a traveling madman for the next two months, um, even into December. So we'll we'll do our best to get these out. But uh, um, but yeah, I'll have, I'm, I may have to uh, see if I can get Cody Diarkland and Kyle on together because I think those two guys. It'd be interesting just to listen to them talk talk to each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fly on the wall for that one. Because you and I will need some help because you know, coding and power CLI and all that stuff is. We'll need translators. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. Well, I suppose technically Kyle's already two guests because he's got himself and the beard. So that's true. That's true. Yeah. All right. All right, thanks guys for jumping on last minute and uh, getting something out here in October for us. And uh, Kevin, thank you for being willing to stop your home improvement project and get things rolling. You're welcome. So the uh, home boss might not be as happy with you, but uh, <laughs> yeah, well. and we kept it short. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll bring some cookies by or something at some point. <laughs> All right, thanks guys. Um, yep. Everybody will uh, talk to you all later. Later. Bye. Later.